Perspectives, which is a series of inspiring conversations with incredible working women. And I am really excited today to be talking with Jen Young, the founder of Outdoorsy. Jen, welcome. Hi, thank you so much, Katie, for having me today. Oh, no, I'm so glad. And I appreciate you rescheduling after my long-term cold, which was not COVID, which is the craziest thing. Now you have to feel like it's a caveat you have to say, but it wasn't COVID. You know, it's a matter. All the patients in the world for that. This is a really terrific time to be talking with you because from everything I know about you, you really redefined what success means to you, which is something that is especially relevant now, still at the beginning of the year in February, but even more so because of where we are in the world right now. So I would love to start by talking about your career path up to starting Outdoorsy. Um, Yeah, what a great segue, right? Redefining what success means to me, because that transition point from my whole career to starting Outdoorsy really was centered around, was centered around more of my personal, like my inner voice, my intuition and how that connected to me, which, you know, I'm happy to happy to talk about that um, in a little bit. But, you know, thinking back to the early sort of days of growing up in my career, you know, I, I was born in Canada and I grew up in small towns in Ontario and Canada. And I knew really early, like at the age of seven or 10, that um, I wanted to leave small towns, that I wanted to go to bigger cities. And I, you know, I, I lied about my age to get a job working in a, a pharmacy stocking shelves, um, I think at age 12. So I had a strong disposition to wanting to work. Um, I worked in restaurants growing up. I was always had a job and I was always working. And I have no idea how I started saying these things. But I remember my parents first talking to me um, before I knew anything about the world or jobs or career. And I would say crazy things like, I want to be a CEO. Now, you know, newsflash, I, I don't want to do that. But back then, you know, being a young kid, those were some of the things that I, I gravitated towards. So, you know, after I grew up and um, was sort of like hitting college years, I figured out that the best place for me to slot into a career path was marketing because it was a good combination of selling and packaging and design and communications. And those were all the things that I gravitated towards while having, you know, like jobs that I, as I was younger. So I did, I did, um, I did a degree in marketing, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a really awesome recognized university, but I finished top of my class and I worked really hard and I loved it. And I never thought that I was cool enough for advertising. So all the people in my class decided to go into two camps. They either went and worked for advertising agencies, or they got jobs working internal companies in a marketing department. And I didn't think I was cool enough. So I got a job as a you know marketing coordinator or a marketing and entry person working for a sort of boring tech company. And that's where I started my, my first years. And then when I decided to leave Canada, in my and moved to London. That was the first new continent or country um, that I moved to to you know to work in. Um, I was just you know hitting the pavement like everybody does, trying to find a job. And the first job that came up was with an advertising agency. Again, not the super sexy one. It was on the B two B side. But um, I started I started working on agency side and fell in love. I just like loved all of the different briefs and product launches and brand strategy. I loved the creative teams. I loved the environment. It was amazing. So I started there, I think, as a, an account manager and then worked my way up to every job on account side. 
starting in London and then working my way around to Sydney and Asia Pacific and then back to North America, to Toronto and to New York and work through a variety of different agencies um, in WPP. I hope that wasn't a long answer, but I was really enjoying actually recounting, you know, what it was like to grow up and start my career. (laughs) Well, it sounds pretty interesting from a small town in Canada to working in London in the advertising scene where I think most agencies are pretty cool. That's really the epicenter of where advertising as we know it started. So, but now what what I really want to ask you and why I was so excited to talk with you is, so I have always said this small catchphrase about perspectives, you know, where I talk to successful working women leading busy lives. And I'm wondering how your definition of success changed when you decided to leave corporate America. Yeah, great question again. Um, how did my How did my definition of success change? I mean, First things first, um, I, I was at a crossroads in my life. My, my soul and my intuition was yearning for something fundamentally different than what I had found in corporate America and what I had learned in these big agencies and with clients and boardrooms. And I don't, I don't really want to say anything negative about that because I, I loved those decades. I loved the people that I worked with, but Um, My definition of success during those years was, you know, much, much like it is. It was hit every single job title, get promotions faster than your peers, get bigger job titles, get more clients, hit bigger bonuses, have bigger advertising budgets. So it was really all centered around um, achievement within the constructs of, you know, financial statements and, you know, team goals or company goals. And, the definition of success, I didn't know it when I first made the moves to try and and figure out to do something different, but the definition of success for me became more aligned with um, creating something that was more purposeful and meaningful in my life and doing it in a way or being enveloped in an environment that I thought would be better for me as a human being and would try and bring out more of my, um, more of the characteristics that I could be proud um, about as a, as a person. And those were like just the beginning uh, stages. There's a whole long journey in starting that process as well. But um, that, those were sort of some of the grains of of truth that I was looking for. Also, I I was quite fortunate because I'd realized um, some pretty good seniority within agencies so I felt like I'd achieved a lot in that business. And maybe maybe that's why um, one of the triggers to catapulting me into a different, a different way of thinking about success. How could I have personal goals that um, had a better blend of achievement and meaning? So do you feel now successful? I mean, with all those goals that you were saying you once look to, obviously, you're, you know, you're the founder of an amazing company. So you are, but do you feel successful in a different way? I do. I feel what, what I have learned, um, Katie, is that feeling successful and being successful comes from inside. It's a belief that you carry and it isn't measured by time or it isn't measured by milestones connected to revenue or contribution margin. Of course, all metrics that are important for, you know, investors and people that work at Outdoorsy and are still very important. But in my mind, that is not necessarily where um, the idea or the belief that I am successful comes from. It's more of like an internal knowing that 
I am successful. And more importantly, I can, um, I can, I have the confidence to be able to achieve the next set of goals or the next variables that embody success. If I show up and, you know, do the work to get there. I, I asked that question just because I've talked with so many women now, people that clearly are very successful. And a lot of times women don't seem to give themselves enough credit or they don't take enough time to look around and think, you know, wow, I'm really doing a good job. You're kind of told not to do that, but I think it's really important. So yeah, I've, I've noticed the same thing as well. And um, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see if this generation that this generation of young women that are growing up with access to so much more information around how to think um, thoughts about how to how to um, hold definitions about what success is, and also how to build confidence and how to like work their way through business in traditional business structures and non-traditional business structures. It'd be interesting to see you know if they pick this up faster than than the myself or or my generation did, but. Um, I still see that a lot in in working with young people in my company, even where the, you know people are are struggling a little bit because they think they're chasing a milestone. They think they're chasing a position title or a successful project completion or somebody seek or seeking someone's approval or recognition. And the real trick is is realizing that success is a belief in as an internal belief that you are already successful. And the confidence comes from doing something over and over and over again. It's not the achievement. It's just the confidence that you can do things and achieve a number of variables, which could be defined as successful. I love how you put that. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about Outdoorsy. How did you found it? Why did you found it? Tell us what what it, what you do. Great. Thank you. Well, um, Outdoorsy is considered the new face of outdoor travel. We're a marketplace, and that means that anybody can come to Outdoorsy.com and search and find for a really cool vehicle that sort of suits their needs. Cute little teardrop trailers that you can tow behind, you know, an easy to drive pickup truck and take it down to the beach, you know, along the, the coastline of California for just like a weekend or class B's that are like those oversized minivans that you can jump in and do a little road trip, you know, a couple hundred miles around the state where you live and check out a new mountain or a larger vehicle that you might want to take cross cross country and, you know, hit up a couple of big national park. So you can find whatever you're looking for. We have hundreds of thousands of vehicles and choices um, for family or solo or couples um, or a group of friends that want to road trip. We're in 4,800 cities across um, the U.S. and 11 uh, countries. And on the owner side, what makes Outdoorsy powerful as a concept is we bring together a real safe marketplace, insurance, and all the tools needed. If you own one of these vehicles, that you can list it for rent and make money um, renting it to you know to people when when you're not using it. So, it's a solid marketplace. Um, we founded the company back in sort of the end of 2014 and the beginning of 2015. Uh, my my husband Jeff and I, and it was really born out of that 
wanting to create something that connect connected more to like a purpose and meaning in my life. So I, I could go on there, but I'll just, I'll ask you if, if my description of, of outdoorsy sort of like resonates, like it's basically going shopping for outdoor travel packages. Well, I like anything that has shopping in it. <laughs> no, if I must be honest, no, it sounds, it sounds incredibly interesting. And I'm curious in term, it seemed, well, definitely during the pandemic, once people were getting, were itching to do something, but they weren't going to fly that the RV type of lifestyle and the outdoor type of lifestyle, just being outside and taking vacations like that became much more appealing. Am I right about that? And is that continuing yeah, I mean, absolutely. I look, I don't think that this is a pandemic success story. Mm -hmm. Mother nature and outdoor travel has always been, you know, a powerful, um, a powerful TAM and a powerful uh, place for many families to, you know, to spend a good portion of their, their travel uh, wallet. 50% of our user base is under the age of 45. And that, that existed before the pandemic. So yeah. Um, many people love uh, outdoor recreation. What made Outdoorsy so well recognized and so many new and brought so many new consumers and users into our product is, you know, like highlighting some of these massive benefits. You know, it's kind of it's like a, a built in social distancing travel option for anybody that is concerned about where they stay or where they pick up their food or how many people they're around and, you know, their comfort level for, um, you know, being in big groups like festivals and other things, you know, you're more likely to be close to a tree than you are, um, you know, big group of people. You can pack up your own food. There's tons of cost saving benefits for that. I think um, one of the numbers was something like 90% of um, new visitors to the website during the peak of COVID were first time, um, were first time mm -hmm. users. So that was really interesting to see, but, um, where what's driving our brand and what's driving our business is millennials, gen, gen, uh, gen Z and, uh, younger demographics that just love life and time in, in a natural environment. People are walking away from the packaged hotel and airplane trips and city center tourist destinations. So from an advice perspective, I mentioned before, I've done so many interviews with amazing women and I love talking to different women. And I find that there's different themes that people say. And one of the ones is take risks, you know, so, and we see now in uh, the great resignation that, uh, you know, a lot of people are taking the risk of leaving the job that they have, but from a, you know, from the, from your perspective, could you talk a little bit about taking risks in relation to, to careers and any advice you might have for people that are thinking of doing something different? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like th there's a spectrum of risk tolerance, isn't there? But especially for, for young women or for young people, you know, while you have the, the energy and the resolve to be able to bounce back and to be resilient, I say, go for it. I mean, there's probably a lot of inherent um, meaning in the word risk, you know, because of the way we've used it over the last decade or so. But, you know, really, it's just making a decision and having confidence in yourself that you'll be able to like navigate it. And who knows, maybe that risk and that navigation lasts a week, maybe it lasts six months, but whatever period of time it lasts, 
um, you'll be able to rebound or pivot or change your mind and go backwards. So what I've learned about um, myself and what I've learned about building this business is that if I let perfection hold me back from getting something off the ground, I'll never get anywhere. So I, um, I have to work on that because unfortunately I have one of those like perfectionist mind where I'm always like, it's, it, you know, has to be done to an excellent standard for me to sort of move forward. And that's one of the things that I wake up every morning and write down and try and break that thinking. Um, but I'm also very, on the other hand, I'm also, um, you know, I love risk. I feel like that's all I've ever done. You know, even going back to those um, examples that we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, you know, from the age of seven or eight, I like, I knew I wanted to like move to a new city. I knew I wanted to try different jobs. I moved to London and didn't have a job. And I sold everything that I had at that point and went over with like a suitcase or two. It's like, I guess I choose to try not to think of them as risks because there's just so much extra inherent meaning that leads me to think, oh, they're scary and it's risky and things could go wrong and it's bad, but really they're just decisions. And actually it turns out, I mean, the world is kind of scary these days anyway, no matter what you do. So everything is even when you're thinking things are expected are going to go one direction, they're not necessarily anyway. I don't know if that speaks well, to taking more risks or not, but. You know what? I don't think the world is scary. I really don't. No. I think, no, I don't. I think the universe has your back. And I think that if you do the work and um, you show up and you try to like take the next action um, and move yourself forward, that the universe will like move you in, in the right um, direction. I think most of the scary part is the mind. It's what we think. We think things are, we think things are going to be um, more difficult or we think people are not going to have our back. And that's why we don't reach out or call somebody. We assume what they're thinking about us and that creates a barrier and prevents us from moving forward. But actually what I've found is that every time that you challenge those, those assumptions and that thinking and you pick up the phone and you call and you try like, the person on the other end of that line, your peer, your boss, your roommate, anybody that a potential new business partner, a new customer, a lead. I mean, any of those scenarios, if you just try and move it forward, in most cases, that person is going to do their earnest to, to help you out. So I, yeah, even, even during these times, I just don't think the world is scary. I think that our, they think that we're inherently um, positively minded and we're all here to help each other out. So you just have to move. You just have to act. You just have to do. You have to show up and and also like show up with an open mind as well that, you know, something good can come out of the opportunity or the discussion. I love that. And I what I'm hearing from what you're saying also is don't write the script in your head already. You yeah, know, exactly. That, you know, that's a losing proposition, especially because you're usually wrong. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, you, like, not you. I'm talking all the time. <laughs> Do you know how many times, Katie, like how, like thousands of times, do you know how many times when somebody has sent me a Slack or had a facial expression in a meeting or made a comment, whether it was somebody who worked in my team or was a peer or my own boss or a partner where I have assumed what they were saying and just thought, oh, this isn't going to work. Or, oh, they're not happy. Or, oh, this is all going to go bad. 
And sure, sure, I probably am not allowed to say the sure has uh, rest of the phrase <laughs> there, but um, mark my words more times than not, I was wrong, like literally wrong. And if I had just sat back and just continued to assume that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to move things forward. So now you started your, you established your business and started your business way before the pandemic, but now looking at things and I I feel like I know what you're going to say, but do you think now is a good time to start a business? Is there ever a good time compared to a bad time? I, I suppose for certain categories and certain markets, there might be less than ideal times to start a business and then better times for others. Like, for example, um, COVID is certainly a good time to be looking at like video conferencing and messaging apps and products for sure. Um, but overall, I think it's always a good time to start a business, right? If the business is supported by two things, this is one I I learned when we started Outdoorsy and I continue to learn it as we look at new products and new services that Outdoorsy is trying to uh, bring to market to meet the changing consumer needs that we're seeing out here in terms of outdoor travel. But the the first thing that I've, I've learned and is cemented in my mind is a good business has to be supported from a bleeding from the neck problem. Like the problem is so bad and so in need of a product or service or solution that a business can support it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, is probably like the size of the TAM or the total addressable market. Like those are two things that you want to make sure you have. Um, You don't want to just, you know, think that you can, you know, improve a product in healthcare or in the category of like spa products, for example, without like really doing your homework to know if there is areas. Now, I would still suggest if that's your passion area, try, you know, write the business plan, reach out, connect with other people in the category because you're passionate about it, but maybe just stop at investing all of your savings to fund the company if it's not supported by the two, the two things that, you know, I talked about from before. So, you know, ask yourself what is massively compelling about now or today, um, what's changing, what are new markets that are opening up, um, you know, where could I where could I serve a need? That makes a lot of sense. So Jen is just building on advice as the last question. Is there one piece of advice that you can share with us that has helped guide you through your life and your career? One piece of advice that has helped guide me through my life and my career. Um never give up. Don't give up. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a story in our company in Outdoorsy today. Um, in fact, we have a little symbol around, it's a cricket and we use the cricket and the symbol like to remind myself. And now I think, you know, it serves a purpose for a lot of other people in the company too, but back in the early days, Katie, when we started Outdoorsy, as you do, right. You know, we built our like V1 website and we're massively passionate about it because both um, Jeff and I just loved the time that we could spend outdoors and we wanted a business to support that passion. And we're pitching the business plan to many investors looking for funding. And I remember um, one of the investors feedback and comment was, you know, nice idea, but I just, all I see are crickets, crickets, like crickets on the website, like not enough traffic, small market, no users, crickets, crickets, crickets. And we were so frustrated by that feedback. We we're like crickets. There's no crickets. This is a huge dam. Doesn't even know what the macro trends are. You know, like all the conversation in the background. 
And so we've used that cricket as like a visual reference and a memory to drive us forward. And now that stands for never give up, never, ever, ever, ever give up because we took that and it got us to, it, you know, sell our houses and everything that we owned. We bought an Airstream and a Denali truck and we moved into it and we crisscrossed the United States and we sold in software as a service for these, you know, recreational vehicle businesses. And then we continued to build awareness about outdoorsy and like, we're now, um, you know, we're today, you know, we have a, one of the top websites in and outdoor travel. So never give up is definitely something that I remind myself every day because these failures and stepping stones are just, you know, the pathway to success. And honestly, if you just, even when you think everything is downtrodden and you have, you know, you have no more energy, you have no more moves, show up the next day and something is likely to like spark or give you a hook that you need. And, and the more concrete advice that I actively work on, this is, this is not something that I can say has helped me throughout my entire career, but it is the cornerstone of how I live today and how I remain being successful is learning about the power of your thinking, especially important for women, young women. Um, you know, we were talking about them earlier in the conversation. It's like what you think becomes what you believe and it becomes how you show up. And the thoughts that we have in our head are actually optional. I know that's a tough concept to grasp. I work with a coach and it's taken me like almost a year to like even just figure out what that means and I have to work on it. But if you can manage your thoughts from um, to, to change your mind and then practice the thoughts that produce more self-confidence in the way that you show up, I mean, that is probably the best advice that I could, um, that I could give anybody, because if you can change, you know, I used to think that I wasn't a great business leader and now I, I've got a bridging thought. That's like, I'm a great leader who sets business strategy. Um, and there's, there's, there's many thoughts that I practice to just, um, get myself really connected with the power of my potential and recognize that like fear is no big deal. I was made for this. This is, you know, this is my potential is limitless. My failures are earning success. The more I fail, the more confident I'll, 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 I'll feel or be at hitting the next milestone. Like I just changed the way I used to think. I used to think quite negatively and now I turn them into thoughts that actually, you know, propel me forward. I love the way you think and thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Jenna, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. I hope people go to outdoorsy.com on Instagram and follow us along for the ride and hopefully get inspired. And maybe I see somebody out on the road. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.